What up, party people? Happy Friday. As always, it is a damn good day to have a damn good day. And today's a really special day as it is episode 50 of the Len Jones Party of Two podcast. And damn, oof, I am so excited and so thankful for everybody that tunes in to listen to all of these amazing people sharing their stories and teaching us those golden nuggets that we can apply now to better our life. I know the Len Jones team really appreciates all the feedback, all the help, all the shares, all the love, all the positivity. It means so much. So again, for everyone that's tuned in this far, thank you. I'm honestly blown away at the caliber of people that will be coming on the show soon, and I'm looking to blow the last 50 out of the water, if that's possible. And if you're new to the podcast, our mission here is twofold, to educate aspiring entrepreneurs by dissecting the come-up stories of incredible humans, by extracting the golden nuggets that you can apply now to better your life, and second, to have all my friends that are making moves, to me, my other friends in life that are making moves, to create one giant community of extraordinary people. And being that it's episode 50, we have to have someone amazing, and that amazing human Sky Cohen's. I've only known Sky for about two months now, and man, I've gotten so much value from her. I mean, she is just an energy ball of excitement, enthusiasm, and her YouTube channel, Sky Life, is incredible. Sky is a multimedia content creator and video producer. She previously worked for BuzzFeed, producing unscripted video content for the millennial media company's YouTube and Facebook platforms. Her YouTube channel, Sky Life, explores trending topics in health and wellness, including nutrition, fitness, yoga, mindfulness, biohacking, and so much more. On this episode, we discuss phone addiction, mental health, breath work, wellness, spiritual journey, the transfer of energy, meeting Wim Hof, ice baths, placebos, face tune, and so much more. Sky just has a ton of knowledge on so many different subjects, so I'm fired up and excited to present this episode to you. As always, all of our episodes are on YouTube. Check us out live. And if you enjoy this content, we ask you to like, comment, and share the good vibes. Again, I'm so grateful for everyone that tunes in. 50 episodes, baby. Woo! We're just getting started. With that said, welcome to episode 50 with Sky Cohen's. They would call me, my real name's Skylar. I just always gone by Sky, but they would call me Skylar Marie. My, la- my middle name's Amy, but they called me Skylar Marie, and then it turned into Marie, and then they were like, they would call me Skylar Marie Jones. I don't know why. <laughs> what? Yeah, just as a joke. Sky Marie Jones? What the f- universe? I don't believe in horoscopes, but I believe in Jones. <laughs> and we're live, Sky we Cohen's. Sky, what up, girl? How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. The legend. Oh my gosh. In our short friendship, I have learned so much from you that I am excited about where it's going. Wow. Likewise. Yeah. Listen to the pod. It's great. I think I learn a lot. I think right off the bat, we need to describe when we first met. Yeah. Okay. It's a pretty epic first meeting. So I'll say it from my perspective real quick. Okay. Me and uh, Skyler, Skyler, the uh, media producer of Len Jones Party of Two, shout out. We were at Tender Greens, enjoying a fantastic meal. Love Tender Greens, by the way. Easily one of the greatest places to get some food. Mm -hmm. And we're hanging out, and I just noticed in the corner of my eye, there's all these people leaving, like walking by us, and they look so happy. They look just like they got this big old smile, sort of like what you're seeing on Sky right now. And I was just like, why are these people so happy? So Sky happened to walk by, and I just said, hey, excuse me, uh, why are you so happy? And I loved that question because I did feel like I was in a very joyous state in that moment. And it's because I was just leaving a yoga studio that I go to here in Santa Monica called Bhakti Yoga Shala. And it's become a very important part of my life. It's an incredible studio with a beautiful community. And I had just come out of a two hour long yoga class where we were practicing We were flowing, we were doing yoga and singing mantras and connecting together. And what I love about that studio is it's all about connection. So there are a lot of great studios here in LA, but some of them are a little more individualistic where everyone's on their mat in their own little world. But Bhakti Yoga Shala is a place you go to that feels like family. And I never leave that studio without feeling like I'm on another planet, just completely elated. And that's what you were witnessing is all the yogis walking out of that studio, just super happy about life. And when you see them people on just a higher level, it's so magnetic and energetic. And it's just like, you know, I mentioned to Sky, when she walks in a room, it kind of, you feel the energy shift, you know, like it's just brightening, brightens the room. And the people that specifically are really deep into yoga and meditation in that world are the people that I've experienced that are able to just light up rooms so easily. 
it's so interesting, like understanding the transfer of energy. Absolutely. And we are just on the edge of understanding what that really is scientifically and what energy actually is. But we are always transmitting energy in every moment. And we're communicating on an energetic level right now that we can't see. There's so much invisible stuff happening that we don't see with our eyes. But then when you start to tap into feeling it, it's something you can feel. And that's what you're talking about. It's interesting with the Dr. Joe Dispenza thing, because the one part I have gotten through so far in that book is he's talking about quantum physics and how when you break it all down to atoms, we're actually all connected and we can connect to someone in Australia if we wanted to. It's a very far-fetched idea, but it's pretty interesting. Yeah, and they've studied it. They've seen that different particles are connecting on different ends of the earth and we are all connected for sure. And that's something that I didn't understand until I started to feel it through these practices. And you mentioned that it's sort of an easy flow of energy, but it comes from putting in the inner work to get to that space where it feels like it can flow more easily because I definitely have gone through a spiritual journey where it wasn't always easy. And it's an ever, it's a never ending journey as well. And that's what I'm most excited about to get out of today's podcast is getting people on track to be on the journey, to get excited enough about what they can achieve so that they start doing the day to day work. Cause it's just like stretching recently. My chiropractor's like Jones, bro, you need to stretch like yo mm. pelvis. Like you got to get that thing. feeling good. Mm-hmm. It's like, like everything meditation every single day getting there to a point where you want to be and you have mastered that you are this biohacker i wouldn't say mastered but you have mastered the the art of learning though yes learning you know always learning always gathering and you have your your channel sky life exploring the world of wellness shout out (laughs) shout out to sky life and it's blown up and you have really fell in fell in love like you your your work pours out your passion and that's really exciting when did you first get stoked about wellness and health. Thank you. And Sky Life has been a really fun way for me to explore and follow my curiosity and my creativity and to develop that mindset of a of student, of just learning. And I've always been fascinated by wellness because from a young age, I don't know what it was, but intuitively I felt like I understood from the time I was eight years old that health needs to be our number one priority individually and as a society and my mom was pretty into health when I was young and some of the things that are now trendy is what she was kind of teaching me when I was very young like the alkaline diet is something that she was very interested in and that's now what Tom Brady does that's now a huge wellness trend and her excitement and wanting to teach me and my brothers my brothers weren't as interested as I was but For some reason, I just latched on to this idea of what does it mean to be healthy and what does it mean, not just physically, but on all levels. And then I went on this journey of exploring that really since since that time. And it was always just something that excited me. And I always say, follow your excitement. And then when I was in high school is when I started to take a more spiritual path towards learning what that meant, what spiritual health means, because I went through periods in my life where I felt like I had no faith at all. It was completely hopeless. And my spiritual path has really allowed me to believe in something bigger, even if I don't understand it fully intellectually. Was there something that triggered you to look into that spiritual side of it? So I found yoga when I was 15 and I was a soccer player. So I wanted to improve my sport. I wanted to be more flexible and strong and prevent injury. And I knew that yoga was one way to do that. So I just did it for the physical purposes. But before I knew it, after a few years of consistency, because I immediately kind of got addicted to the practice, addicted to the feeling I had afterwards, even though it was extremely challenging, more challenging than some of the soccer training I had done, challenging in a different way, both mentally and physically. And I got really addicted to that. So I just kept going. And all I knew was that I felt incredible after a yoga class. So I want to keep going back for that reason. And then about two to three years into my practice of consistently practicing, then it started to work on my mind in a different way without me even knowing. Interesting. It was just unfolding within me. And it really, I think, happens when you start to really link breath to movement and you really start to 
tap into your breath, your prana, your life force, the thing that connects us all. It's super powerful when you can start to really feel that move through your body. And then I started teaching yoga in college. But it's still, I wasn't diving as deep into the spirituality of the practice yet. And that came uh, two years into college when I went through a pretty rough period of my life where Mm -hmm. I was trying to achieve for all the wrong reasons. And I was getting so caught up in success and what that means and feeling like I needed to take a certain path to get there and feeling trapped feeling like I was not myself at all. And I know a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. There's so many factors as to why I just felt so unlike myself and felt completely hopeless and like I couldn't believe in anything. And then I became very depressed during that time. And that's the first experience I had with depression, which was not something that I I didn't know I could ever feel that way. Like I had grown up sort of a generally happy person, but then I feel like the pressures of society, especially when you're coming of age during adolescence and into college, the pressure just weighs down on us. And then we lose ourselves in that. And I totally lost myself. And I, I felt like I didn't know who I was at all. And, and I was teaching yoga too at the time, but also I wasn't taking the time to practice for myself. I so was on the, just on the outside. You're a straight crushing it, but on the inside, you're falling apart. You're like, yeah. what's going on here? Exactly. I was doing a lot with our student newscast, anchoring the news reporting. I was in a sorority. I was teaching four plus classes a week of yoga and other group exercise classes. So I was like doing all the right things or trying to check all the boxes, but I felt so lost and that is when I knew something had to change and all I knew is I felt better when I went to yoga not when I was I mean when I was teaching I loved it but I needed I wasn't taking the time to practice for myself so I needed to get on my mat for myself to get back to myself so that's (laughs) and the mat is an analogy for how we show up in life how you show up in your yoga mat translates to every part of my life so I just showed up again and again. (laughs) And that summer after sophomore year of college, I was going to yoga a lot and meditating while I was kind of working through this depression I was dealing with. And I also was seeing a therapist who took a very unconventional approach to healing and is also Did you like respect this person right away? Like, did you know like you felt safe with them? I felt safe for sure. It was an energy, like it was a feeling. But it was recommended that I go to her by one of my mom's friends who had seen her during a hard time in her life. So I go to this energy healer, essentially, not having any clue what I was getting into. You're you're open-minded. Open-minded because I knew I felt not okay. And I was offered to take antidepressants by the doctor. And something inside of me said, that's not for me. Um, I need to figure out if I can if I can battle this, you know, in other ways. Right. And I went to see her and a lot of the stuff that we did was so over my head in terms of what was happening. All I knew is that it felt like it was working because when I would leave, I felt a release of some type of really stuck energy that I had been holding on to. But you went in there with like an intention of wanting to change. You wanted to find an answer through her. Yeah, or not even through her, but just explore what the possibility of that would be. Because I feel like whenever we're going through anything, we can't do it alone. And I needed, I needed help. I needed an expert. I needed somebody who had compassion and wisdom to help guide me. So she became a real spiritual mentor. And a lot of the stuff we were doing, we would do talk therapy, but also she was doing all sorts of energy healing that prompted some pretty deep releases in the body because we hold on to so much in our body. We hold on to years of subconscious programming in different parts of the body and what she does, although some of it's still a bit over my head. She would find those places of really stuck, stagnant, built up energy and then get it out of you. And it would often end up in those sessions with a lot of even crying, screaming, just like getting the energy to move through you and out of you so you can release it and then drop into a very healing meditative state. So I would always leave there 
just <laughs> completely blown away. What is going on? <laughs> like, what is going on here? But something is happening and it feels like it's working. So I went to her that whole summer and it helped me tremendously. And then I ended up living in Denmark for a semester abroad. And I learned so much through that way of life. Because in Denmark, they're very different from America, where we have a very individualistic society of achieving and survival of the fittest, working super hard, not sleeping. Whereas in Denmark, they have this very different approach to, to living. And they have a very... I'd say more connected society in the way they see themselves as part of a whole rather than here where it's very individualistic and they really take time to cherish simple moments and that way of living, just being in that space, it completely changed my perception of what it means to live a full life because then I I saw and I learned so much from just being there. So you would say that they are like a lot more present. So present. Yeah. And everyone rides their bike everywhere. There are more bikes than cars. So I was not in a car once while I was living there. I was riding my bike absolutely everywhere. And Isn't that crazy that when you ride your bike to work, you're so much happier? Yeah, it's in, amazing. In many, not in every case. Right. If it's raining, you're, you're pissed. <laughs> well, they always say in Denmark, they say there's no such thing as bad weather, only badly dressed people. So make sure you dress for the weather. So you can get on your bike still. And they would bike in rain or shine, snow or sleet. Yeah, that's great. And... Um, and they also have um, their number one sustainability in organic produce. They have, I'm pretty sure it's 98 percent of their of their city in Copenhagen is organic. So they're eating well, they're taking care of themselves mentally, and they have this thing called huga, which is basically like this coziness togetherness. So they really cherish taking moments of togetherness to share this huga. Yeah, H Y G G E. Huga. Yeah. So that taught me so much. So you took a lot from that experience. It kind of like brought what you saw a whole different way of living. Yeah. And it came at a really amazing time for me because that was when I was just starting to, to make some real shifts. Yeah. I think what's really interesting about you is your ability to stay open-minded to possibilities of change. There are some facets that are so interesting and certain people, and it's kind of like that whole thing we're talking about, Joe Dispenza. Um, placebos are real mm-hmm. you know certain people if they have the right intention there's something there and you're just so open-minded to it all and I think that because you're so open-minded is why you're so widely successful and your videos are so viral because you're all in you're all in to learn but you don't just promote you keep it real like some things you're good at some things you didn't like in all your experiences have you found that some things are just like kind of fugazi fugazi like kind of bs <laughs> while some things have really helped you Absolutely. I've been on this mission of exploring all of these different trends and topics and even holistic healing modalities, ancient healing modalities. And I try and approach everything with a healthy level of skepticism. I question everything and I'm naturally that way. But I also, like you said, try and keep an open mind to all possibilities, to endless possibilities, because I've seen, I've spoken to people who have healed themselves through crazy methods and I feel like it's really your perception is your reality and we've seen in research the placebo effect is so real like the placebo effect is more powerful than any drug that we have on the market and that's why we have double blind placebo controlled trials to see if we can beat the placebo in some ways but why we're trying to beat the placebo we already have that power within us but yeah, there are definitely things I've explored that I feel like there's a lot of marketing attached or it is a lot of BS, but I also feel like out of everything I've tried, these trends are, and topics are very useful in certain situations and it's really dependent on the individual and what they're going to take out of it and what you need at any given time. Yeah, I feel like I'm influenced very easily sometimes by people when they have a big breakthrough. I'm like... <laughs> I got got to do, I got to incorporate it right now. I got to do this, this, and this. And then you look at your schedule and there's so much hours in the day. You got to get eight hours of sleep. Sometimes you're going to eat breakfast. Sometimes you're going to fast. Sometimes you got to, you got to shower. You got to, you got to shave. You got to do everyday life. Like how can you fit in meditating, yoga, um, breath work, this, this, and this, your matcha, your ice bath, you know, you know, 
exercising your social life it's like you're right back to college where you're like trying to manage all three buckets and it's like speaking of college when you talk about mental breakdowns i don't know if it's because you're spending so much money on school or if there's so much high expectations and that you're in a system that you might not be completely aligned with i have these like nightmares sometimes where i think like i didn't hand in a classroom assignment <laughs> i've had those too when you wake up you're like oh shit I got like a final tomorrow. Uh I haven't studied. Oh, like like that built up anxiety. Seven years later, I'll wake up and be like, oh my God, thank God I'm done with that. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Oh yeah. I've told, I can totally relate. And I don't remember my dreams often, but I've definitely had that nightmare before as well. Right. Yeah. And you ask, you know, how do you fit in all of these different elements of wellness? It's a really good question. And luckily, I've structured my life, so it's sort of what I do for work is to explore these things. And that to me is great because it it feel, doesn't feel like work because it's what I love. But also what I've learned as well, and I had to learn this the hard way, <laughs> is that there have been times where I feel like work and hustling were more important than my practice, than my meditation, than my yoga, than taking care of myself. I felt like, oh, I just need to push through this little period of time to get this work done or to get this big project done. And it always has ended in um, a tornado or a volcano erupting. It's the practice is so necessary now for me to be at my best. So it's essential in my life and it allows me to be better at everything I do. It allows me to have better relationships. It allows me to be more efficient with my work so now it's a no, it's a no brainer. It has to happen. So you lean on the thing that you've designed your life around now. Yeah. And it's, it's true. There won't be time in every single day for me to do yoga and meditation and get a great workout in and go to cryotherapy and do all these things that won't be every day, but there must be at least you can take five minutes to meditate and it will change your entire day. So my morning ritual has become very important. Cryotherapy, something <laughs> you actually pushed me, and I'm very grateful. Big shout out to Anton, by the yes. way. Um, you got me to do my first ice bath. Woo. You were like, yo. You killed it. You're like, Jones, wake up. Sunday. It's time to, <laughs> time to get in the ice. And I was like, okay. I was a little sketched out by it, but I'm like, here's this. Here's this chick that like, you know, spent a month with uh, Wim Hof, you know, the ice man. And she's telling me we're going to get in some ice. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do All it. Right. And it was pretty gnarly, pretty mm-hmm. epic. We started off doing that breath work. What, is there a certain name for that specific breath work we did? I think we did a combination. Anton was teaching us a breath work he likes, but there were elements of the Wim Hof method in that. Right. And then we did that. We did it for like three sets of like 30, <laughs> 30 breaths. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, you just feel so charged up. My body was like shaking profusely and Mm -hmm. it was kind of sketchy until Anton's like if you're shaking it's totally normal (laughs) like it's chill bro and I'm like am I having a heart attack like no it's (laughs) it's real but it was really cool because everyone was together that's what Mm -hmm. made it work for me like Mm -hmm. because you guys were doing it too like we were all in the void and your energy and our energy was like an energy ball Uh and then it's like just jump in the ice yeah and then when you get in the ice and the first 20 seconds in my experience is just pure like what what the f did i just do Mm -hmm. like oh my god save me (laughs) but then all of a sudden everyone's taking these videos of me i'm like i ain't backing out jones like you gotta figure it out (laughs) but then you got you and anton were like listen the ice is just a place like you can handle the ice Mm -hmm. you're not gonna die from this like Mm -hmm. this is all in your mind and it got progressively easier from say minute two to minute three and i think i cropped out at three and a half that's amazing for your first ice bath by the way you killed it i mean you dropped in five minutes that day maybe five or six or seven it was crazy (laughs) well there was a time in my life where i hated the cold and would never imagine doing that and it's all just training is really what it is and even today i did an ice bath and i didn't want to do it but you just do it anyways and then you prove to yourself that you can get past that little voice in the mind that says you can't And then you emerge on the other side with so much power. And that's what the ice is. It's allowing you to access your true inner power that we all have available at any moment when we choose it. And often it's just getting past that little voice of fear in order to tap into it. And so the ice is a teacher. It teaches us how we can be present and even grateful and in peace and joy, even in some real discomfort because the ice is not comfortable (laughs) but finding that peace within that challenge 
that's a huge game changer for life because that's what life is. You don't get to decide when challenges come upon you. And that's what Wim was teaching us when we trained with him specifically because he threw us right in to the deep end. And we were doing a 10 minute ice bath right upon arriving and jumping into a waterfall, a freezing cold waterfall off a 30 foot jump and climbing a mountain in our shorts on day three of being there. And that was his method of training us to be able to access that power in a moment because we just don't get to decide when life throws us a curveball, and all we decide is how we respond. So that is what the ice has been. It's just a teacher to be able to build your capacity to handle so much more than you ever thought you could and to actually find joy in it. Look at your face right there. It's like, it's so much fun. You should try it. (laughs) Out of your mind. Well, I hated the cold so much. I hated ice baths. And now I kind of crave it. Whenever there's a cold body of water, I need to be in it. It's like a, a calling now or a craving that I have. And it is an adrenaline rush in some ways, but there's, um, this method is helping people all over the world with all sorts of different issues that they're dealing with mental and physical. And for context, this method was brought into kind of fruition and popularized by Wim Hof, AKA the ice man. You should check him out on YouTube. He is a crazy man, he, but you know, <laughs> leading the way. And how did you first connect with him? He is crazy. He's a one of a kind human. And I connected with him. So I had seen the Vice documentary a few years ago, and I don't know what it was about that. As much as I hated the cold, the reporter had hiked Mount Chineska in his shorts with Wim, and I said, I really want to do that someday. There's clearly something here, and I want to experience that too. And so I just put it in the back of my mind, set an intention. And then I actually had Wim Hof on my vision board for like two years. And then I was in LA, and he was doing a workshop, and I signed up just because I wanted to go learn And I did my first ice bath that day and I went up to him and I met him. And then one of the instructors was super cool. And I was talking to him about his experience, learning the method and training to be an instructor. And I kind of just lingered around the event (laughs) afterwards. and was just talking to people and having a great time, just learning from all these amazing people. And I don't just by pure luck, this instructor was super cool and invited me to go to dinner with them. And I had no idea what I was saying yes to. I was like, oh, I don't want to intrude. Is it, are you sure it's okay? He's like, yeah, come. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll just come. Even though I was a little nervous, I didn't know what I was walking into, but it ended up being a dinner with just the Wim Hof instructors and Wim and his family and team and then me. And I was not supposed to be there at all. Like I was definitely not supposed to be there, but they were so welcoming and kind and warm anyways and just welcomed me and from there that's how I got connected with his team and his son who runs their business who's awesome and and then we just stayed in touch and I I kind of knew at some point I would love to make content about this this is incredible this is the type of this is the type of thing that I want yeah this is like this is it so so then I I met my friends who work with, who are the Yes Theory guys. And that was also, I had found their channel and was so excited about it because for the first time on YouTube, I felt like I saw a real movement of true positivity and change that they were creating. And I was like, these are the creators that are changing the world that I would love to surround myself with and ended up meeting them in a meetup. And then at some point it just clicked that this would be a really amazing collaboration and just pitch them both the idea. And they both somehow said yes and then we were in Poland and going through this crazy experience together that I think for all of us we just all learn so much about ourselves through it all it's really interesting because you had it on your dream board and you know something you're always thinking about every single day and you just put yourself out there you went to the event you you know didn't have too much intentions with it you just wanted to learn and good things happen to those who take action it's like when you're sitting at home and you're like, I don't want to go out. I don't want to go to that event. Like you mm-hmm. got to just send it because nine out of 10 times you're going to be like, yo, this is dope. And one thing to talk about those ice baths, Anton said that you can get one of these ice baths for like, I don't know, $200 at Home Depot and you can create your own ice bath. Just plug it in, freaking freezes up, 
and you can have one for $200. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, it's just a freezer and you just fill it up with water and change the water, but just make sure you unplug it before you do it so you're not getting electrocuted in the ice bath. But that's just this one safety um, <laughs> thing to mention. But yeah, it's pretty easy to set that up yourself if you have a backyard or a space to do it where you live. 100%. And you've done a lot of very interesting videos and certain ones have really... Uh, piqued my interest and I'm excited to kind of explore what you've learned about that subject and one of them is the uh, phone addiction dilemma. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you did a video on phone addiction. Mm -hmm. What is your thoughts on today's society and, and our you know addiction to our phones and the <laughs> cyborg era? Yeah well digital wellness has become a topic I've been very passionate about sharing on my channel and on my social media and I feel as if we have created a new dimension. So we have this dimension we're living in right here, you and I speaking, and then there is a digital dimension that is now a whole new world that exists and is very real in a different way. And it's so important that we understand what that means for us as individuals and then what that means as a society. And we have to understand that we're creating a digital extension of ourselves, a digital avatar. And often where I think people suffer is when that digital avatar that they're painting a picture of is not matching what they feel like their real life is. And I always say, if you had, if, if your digital avatar was deleted, if social media was deleted, who would you be? What type of person would you be? And are you happy with that person? Because that needs to come first before we use social media for all the amazing things it offers us. It's an incredible tool. Is, is there like an actual amount of time you found in your studies that you should be on your phone and what's healthy and what's not healthy? I think that's different for everyone because for people whose job revolves around social media, it's you have to treat it like work and like a business. But I definitely have principles in my life and guidelines and boundaries I've set for myself, not looking at my phone first thing in the morning. I'm always going to work out or going to a yoga class and doing my morning ritual before I'm getting into reaction mode, looking at messages and looking at Instagram and taking time at the end of my day without my phone. But sometimes I dream of just deleting everything and going and traveling with no technology at all. But I also see the incredible power of this and it's allowing me to share a message I really care about. And I wouldn't be able to do what I do without social media. And it's allowing for more people to do what they love. And that's a beautiful thing for the world. We just have to see it for what it is and constantly bring awareness and consciousness to our relationship with this new dimension and understand how it works on the brain. We have to understand the neuroscience of it because you're getting a hit of dopamine every time you get a like or a follower. And they've, these tech companies have designed these devices the same way. They've taken tips from the gambling industry. They've designed this to be addicting. So we have to release the shame of that. It's not our faults that we're addicted because they have been designed to addict us like a drug. So you have to know that that is real and that should be taught to every young person who's on social media, I think. On that same topic, you're, I saw a recent post you did about the app Facetune mm. and how people are you know, literally adjusting their bodies to perceive themselves as maybe fitter or more jacked and muscular. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, Facetune is so common and the reality is you can take your finger and so easily manipulate what your body looks like and it's happening all the time on social media so I've started posting pictures where I do that and post them side by side so you can just see the very subtle differences so that we can realize that social media is not reality when you look at pictures and you're comparing yourself you have no idea what's behind that image so I personally don't look at a lot of stuff on social media I post to share what I'm passionate about and stuff that revolves around my videos and I'm posting and I look at people who inspire me and who I'm learning from. And there's been so many people I've found through social media that I don't know in person that have become like mentors that have are changing my life. And that's amazing. That's so I so always, cool. yeah, it's so cool. And I always tell myself, um, or ask myself, are you a part of the problem or a part of the solution? And I try as much as possible when I'm using social media to be a part of the solution, just as those mentors have become a part of my solution to finding my way. So yeah, Facetune is really fascinating. And that's where I was talking about before when the digital version of yourself doesn't match reality. That's a huge point of suffering. And 
Facetune is a way that it's just accelerating that suffering, unfortunately. So we have to be aware of that. Yeah, getting 24 hours without the phone is like a crazy experience these days because mm-hmm. you're so programmed just to check your phone. I know I am. Mm-hmm. I got to get better at it. I feel like such a scrub. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> my brain is so programmed to look at my phone. I'm like, damn. Absolutely. We pull out our phone unconsciously so much and we check it for no reason. No reason just at all. Just a few seconds before we last checked it. That's a sign it. of nervousness too. Yeah. And they've done research on this, that when a phone is present during conversation, say you're having a meal with someone and your phone is on the table, even if you're not using it or touching it, just by it being there, it will result in a less meaningful interaction. So I try and have meal time or time with people is phone free time. And I've learned a lot of this through this company and movement called Brick. And they're amazing. They do phone free events. And my friend Tommy Sobel, who's the founder, he is such an amazing person and pioneer in this space and he is creating this movement of young people who want to spend more time living meaningfully in the real world so he creates incredible events around this and retreats where we all turn our phones off and put them away at the start of the retreat and it's a whole weekend of just connecting with people in real life and it's extremely powerful because the way you connect with someone without technology present it's really wild how different of an experience it is times have changed real quick yeah. One thing that's really uh, amazing that anyone can master is consistency, mm-hmm. right? Just showing up, being consistent. You are consistently putting out new content every single week. You've seemed to got it pretty dialed in. What does your morning look like? Uh, are you waking up just to the sun? Do you just naturally wake up? It's so interesting you ask that because I feel like I was having such a hard time waking up early when I wanted to because I love waking up early to get my day started but I would want to sleep for three more hours. I felt like I didn't have the energy to wake up, but I would just force myself to get up and get to the gym. Right now, my morning routine has been a little different because I'm doing a video where I try Kundalini yoga every day for 40 days. So I'm going to Kundalini yoga at their earliest class, which is 7 a.m. And that's, so that's been a little bit different than normal because normally I would have a structure of my week where Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning, I would be going to a 6 a.m., hit class or a boot camp or some type of physically challenging class like boxing. And then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday is usually my yoga days where I'm waking up early to get to yoga. But now I'm doing Kundalini. So I'm going there early in the morning. But what it always looks like is something physical early, whether it's 6am or 7am if I was up too late the night before, which I'm trying to do less of. I'm trying to get to bed earlier so I can keep waking up earlier. But it's always waking up early, getting to either a yoga class or a workout class where I'm physically and mentally challenging my body and minds. And then I come home and I've been doing, I, I do a morning ritual with raw cacao, which is an amazing plant medicine Shout out. and superfood. That's incredible. What's with all these names. You got raw cacao, you got kuntahini. Like, <laughs> this guy's branded themselves fantastically. <laughs> kuntahini. But you got to explain what that is also. Kundalini is a form of yoga that's very different than other forms of yoga I have tried. After practicing yoga for 10 years, kundalini is blowing my mind because it is very mentally challenging in a way that other forms of yoga are not necessarily like it's taking it to a whole different level of um, getting past mental barriers. And I'm just starting, I'm, I'm on day, I'm almost halfway through 40 days. So I'm just learning. Thank you. I'm just learning about the community and the culture and diving into that and immersing myself in that. But it's been incredible because you know, you ask what time I wake up with Kundalini. I am waking up before my alarm and that never happens. And I truly feel like it's helping me generate far more energy than I was. So that's been really cool. So I always come home and I do a morning ritual where I make raw cacao and there's a whole ceremony that goes into preparing that amazing plant medicine that I get from an indigenous tribe in Guatemala. And it's a recipe that's been around for thousands of years and it's the purest form of the cacao plant, which is so it's such a powerful superfood when you get it in its purest form. And that's been amazing for my gut health. We're talking about legacy cacao. Legacy cacao, yeah. Amazing. Ever, ever since you referred it to me, I'm in love with the cocoa. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> I'm in love with the cocoa. I had it for the first time yesterday. So good. Made it for three friends and yeah. it's unbelievable. It's it so is. rich. It's unbelievable. Insane. Yeah, immediately upon trying it for the first time, I was introduced to it by a friend who has Crohn's disease and she was drinking it every day for that and was having a lot of success with it. And 
And I was like, oh yeah, I know raw cacao, you know, just put it in my smoothie. She's like, cacao. no, you don't know until you've had legacy cacao. <laughs> so, I'm going to link that in the show notes for everyone listening, yeah. how you can get that. Yeah, for sure. And it's expensive. I'm not going to lie. It's like 99 bucks. It's so expensive. And the reason why is because there's so much work that goes into making it and they, they're not trying to scale this. This is like something that they really can't because, you know, they have the priestess like blessing every bag of it. Like <laughs> It's like I a tribe. I don't know if that's just really good marketing or if right, I know, just... right? I'm like, I need to go there and witness this at some point. But anyways, I am using that every morning as part of my ceremony, my ritual. And I have a meditation that I do around preparing it and then consuming it where I sit and meditate and I sing mantras and I journal and I take as much time as I feel like I need that morning. Sometimes it's 10 minutes. Sometimes it's a half hour to drop in and really set intention for my day. It's interesting if someone that's totally not in your world whatsoever, they're not in meditation. They're not doing these mantras. They're just like, I don't know, the average person waking up, going to work, doing this. If you could just see a lens into your life and all of a sudden it's like, this girl wakes up, she's humming to herself, she's <laughs> meditating, she's doing all this stuff, she's hanging upside down, she's making herself freeze. It's so interesting. And I feel like the more data that comes out, the more people are going to be shifting into this direction because mm-hmm. the, the proof's in the pudding. I mean, it's, it's working for a lot of people. Yeah, and it's crazy that the, some of these practices have been around for thousands of years. Meditation come on, kundalini yoga, all forms of yoga. These are 5,000 year old practices that are now, we're just learning the scientific evidence to support them. And we are just scratching the surface of the science behind the mind, body, soul connection and what that means. And that's where I'm most excited is the intersection of science and spirituality. Because we are learning that a lot of these ancient practices have been right all along and they were brushed aside for so long. And now we do have research to prove that they actually work. And not to mention, like you said, the millions of people around the world that these practices are really working for. So it's really just finding what your own way in it all as well. If you had to give someone like a survival guide to health, (laughs) what are your like tips that you think everyone needs to be doing every single day? You're listening to this podcast. You're like, okay, okay, okay. She's got the cryo. She's got the meditation. She's got the yoga. Well, she's all in on this, but what are like the one or two or three things that you're like, everyone should do this? Oh my gosh. It's a really hard question because I always say our, our bodies and brains are so different. So different people are going to resonate with different practices. But I always say this, I, out of everything I try, I always try and make it a point that it's really important to, to really understand the fundamentals of wellness before you're adding in all these things. Like I spent years kind of trying to hone in on on just the basics of health and that's very simple it's just these different pillars of our physical and mental well-being making sure that you're moving your body every day making sure that you're stretching and doing some form of mobility work um practicing some form of meditation or mindfulness whatever that looks like for you whether it's cooking and being mindful while you cook going for a run meditating taking care of your mind drinking plenty of water, getting enough sleep. These are so basic, but they're so crucial. And also I'd say spending time in community and with the people that you love, because we have the research on this, that the people who live the longest worldwide, the people who live the longest and are the healthiest long-term, they have the strongest social circles and they have really strong communities. And that's very important. And so all of these different elements of, of wellness, now we have also digital wellness these are really important to just develop over time and every day. Can we make better choices in all these areas? And sometimes that can feel really overwhelming. If you feel like your health is kind of in shambles and you don't know where to start. It's like all these things I have to worry about. Just pick one thing to focus on that you're excited about and just master that first, like small attainable action is the best way to make habit change. So start with one thing and then you can build it from there. Mm. Just prove to yourself that you can do one thing consistently, whether it's sweat for five minutes every day or meditate for five minutes every day. I think it was, I don't know where I heard this, but I believe that someone mentioned that, you know, a healthy person, they have a million things that are dogging them down. They got anxiety of social pressures, things at work. There's things that are constantly on their mind, you know, and they think that life couldn't get harder. But someone that's super unhealthy the only person that that per- the only thing that that person wants is health. So it's like 
when I first met you, I almost expected you to say something like, you know, I had this crazy disease or like I went through this crazy process, but no, you didn't have anything like necessarily go completely wrong before you dove into this. Mm -hmm. You wanted to prevent it before it happens. Yeah, that's so true. And I think for some reason, my eight-year-old self understood that, that this is important for my life. If I want to live life to the fullest, that my health needs to be a priority. Yeah. And for some reason, that's just something I always have believed in. And it's added so much value to my life to place that as the priority. One thing I loved what you said is um, we hear a lot that in Southern California or the LA area, people say, I don't know, those people might be fake or they're not like <laughs> legit. And, you know, me and Skylar, New York is, you know, you know, we know the OGs, but people say that all the time. And you're like, I hate when people say that because I don't know about you, but my friends are dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I had, I heard all these horror stories about LA people before I moved here and how fake it is and the image obsession and blah, blah, blah. And that may exist in some capacity, but you will receive what you would, you will attract what you put out. And I have been so blessed and lucky to have been surrounded by incredible people here who are truly making such a difference in the world. And I'm so grateful and blessed. And I'm just blown away by the people that I meet in the city. And it's so cool. And yeah, I, I feel like it's truly like what you put out, you will receive back. Yeah. I always ask this to everybody because it's always such a diverse answer, but it's like if you could have went back in time and you could have told maybe the sky, I'm thinking like you first year of senior year of first year of uh, freshman in college and you could have said like, listen, girl, you know, time's limited, but like (laughs) this is you in the future. No, you're not on shrooms. This is a real life thing. And you could have told yourself one, two or three things. Like what would you have told yourself? Um, And it can't Mm -hmm. be, you know, a lot of times I hear this answer that sometimes they'd be almost be so ignorant. They wouldn't listen. But if you could have told yourself, what do you think would, would have changed or or saved you a ton of time, money, or possibly just headache? Yeah. Well, when I was a freshman in college, I went to school because I thought I wanted to be a news reporter. I chose my college based on the broadcast journalism program and I was really excited about it. And I learned so much through that entire period of my life but I didn't know that there was another way. I thought that there was a one one track towards success. It was study journalism, then you get a job in news, and you work your way up the ladder. I didn't even know what entrepreneurship really was. I didn't know that was a possibility, and I had no idea about the opportunity that exists now in the digital world, and I didn't understand that until I was a senior in college. So if I had started as a freshman doing what I'm doing now and actually following my excitement, because I was following what I thought would help me achieve certain goals or success. I was following what I, what I thought I was supposed to do and what I was being told rather than my real excitement. So I would go back in time and tell myself to just be open to possibility and always follow your excitement because it will lead you to feeling really aligned and in flow with your path. Follow your excitement. Boom. I yeah. love that. That's powerful. It's interesting. I mean, every single time that we are excited about anything, that's what makes us super stoked. And the people that are most happy are the ones that are most stoked. Mm -hmm. Every single day, if you have a passion, you love it, you should chase it. You should make it happen. You should find your tribe. You have a fantastic tribe. You've introduced me to amazing people that are right in line with the tribe. You got me looking into the matcha. (laughs) The matcha, Tenzo tea. So it's like, it's like matcha is like the OG form of green tea. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's a powder form of green tea. So they're just taking the green tea leaves and grinding them up in a certain way. So it's more potent and it's very powerful and it's a great alternative to coffee because it has L-theanine, which helps to mitigate some of the jitteriness of caffeine. Okay. I'm just going to give you guys a quick backstory. When I was in Medellin, Colombia, um, (laughs) and this isn't going where you guys think it's heading, but um, cocoa leaves is something that my friend Peter gave me to try. And it's basically the plant that cocaine is created or something, but it's not the actual cocaine it's you know the plant it's the leaf and you put it in like your gums and it's supposed to like have some sort of certain healing effects or mm-hmm. i don't know I, I i didn't do too much but i don't know if you tried it <laughs> i have not tried that i tried kratom for a video and that's an herb from thailand that's being used for all sorts of different purposes but mainly for either pain to treat pain in a natural way as an alternative to to painkillers and or opiates and then also for energy and focus is what I tried it for and 
that was one, I think maybe one of my most controversial videos where it got demonetized, it got age restricted. And there was, I think the most comments out of any video with just completely different opinions. And when we're exploring all these unknown territories, we sometimes have to be okay with a little bit of controversy and people wanting to share their opinion on absolutely everything. But I am always just trying to approach things from exploration and an unbiased perspective. But Kratom is a very interesting topic because it's become so politicized and we don't have to dive into this full story. So there are different strains of it, but what, why it's gained so much attention is because there's a lot of people who, we have an opioid crisis, of course, and there's been a lot of people who have found success using Kratom instead of opioids and prescription drugs and painkillers as an alternative with virtually no side effects and, and using it to treat pain like people with real pain um, and they're using it as an alternative and finding a lot more benefits from doing that than taking their what they were taking before mm-hmm. and having like a lot of issues and side effects with that. And so that's one reason why it's gained so much attention because the DEA was trying to ban it and schedule it as a class one drug, but then they had a petition of thousands of people sign it saying, you can't take this away from us because this is the only thing that's working. And that's one reason why it's become very controversial politically because the people who uh, are using it, they, you know, they say the re- one of the reasons why they want to ban it is because it is a threat to taking away money from the ph- pharmaceutical industry. I made a whole video about this, like kind of exploring both sides of it, because the other side is that it's not regulated, and it, there you run a risk of getting a strain that has other things in it that isn't safe. Right. So I think it's really important. That's on, That's on my YouTube channel. Yeah, there's a full vi- full video about shout out to that kratom. Yeah, kratom. <laughs> One thing that um, I think that everyone struggles with is the journey to getting to where they want to be. People see you. They see that, you know, you have like, I think like 50 million views on your YouTube channel. Something crazy. No, no. <laughs> your your, your channel's popping though. It's on, it's on its way. Um, but people people are looking to get to that next level on their, on their YouTubes, on their whatever project they're building. And it can be really demoralizing when you start comparing your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. And sometimes people, it almost makes them not want to go forward because they're always comparing themselves. They get comparitis, which is one of the worst diseases you can get when you're on the path to success. What would you say to the people that, the people that are enjoying the journey? You know, like stop comparing about where you're trying to get to so heavily and start learning about what you're learning every single day. Because I feel like from all the successful people I talk to, you never really arrive, right? Like, you know, you think that when you get to a $10 million business, your life's going to be, that's a dramatic, how about this? <laughs> you think when you get a job, your right. life's going to be great. You get a nine to five, you're like stoked, right? Or you think when you start your own business and you finally make enough money to survive, you still have problems. Right. You're still, there's always something. It's hard to never arrive. What would you say mm. to the people that are like, to ease their tension about enjoying the come up, enjoying, maybe mm. you're getting five, 10, 20, 50 views on your videos, mm-hmm. but enjoying that. Yeah, and I started my channel about a year ago, and I still I feel like I'm in the early stages still of building, and it can be a mental trap when you feel like, oh, I just want to be at this place already. I want this to grow faster, but you have to fall in love with the process. You have to fall in love with the roller coaster ride and make it the ride of your life rather than something that's so scary and tumultuous, and and learn from every failure and mistake because that will happen so often, and every moment of that is an opportunity for learning and growth so you have to flip your mindset on some of the struggle and the challenge that comes into building anything and really building a life and it's an ongoing journey never-ending process as you mentioned so approaching every um every hurdle as just an opportunity to strengthen your own inner power and capacity and really fall in love with the process of it not the outcome designing your life Mm mm-hmm Life by design. I mean, we live in a world where that's real. That's official. You can love, you know, fake plants and you can design a life out of it. Yeah. You, know, you can love, you know, oxygen and breathing underwater. You can create a life out of it. Mm-hmm. You can love the weirdest things in the world and create a life out of it. Like anything is possible now, which is yeah. crazy. So it's yeah. like, if you have a dream, you got to go for it. You know I like when people say <laughs> that's what would your 80 year old self say to you? Like um, if you didn't pursue it right now and the 80 year old you is chilling there and like 
you're still pumping, you're still cranking, but you know, you're looking back in your life and you're like, damn, I should have sent it and went to Denmark Mm. or man, I should have just went to that Iceman event. Yeah. Yeah. They've studied this and most people at the end of their life, they never regret things that they did. They always regret what they didn't do. So you just have to say yes every day. Say yes to life. (laughs) Yeah. Every single day. So it's like, this is a a flagship and it comes down to the points of people that are right on the brink of stepping into entrepreneurship for the first time. What would you say to that person that maybe is right now working a job they hate? Maybe it's a nine to five. They're not appreciated at, um, and they want to do something else, but they got bills. Life's tough. Society, you know, things are tough. It's not never easy. You know, it seems like there's always more bills than money and life's all around, but part of them wants to jump in and do their own thing. They want to start a YouTube channel. They want to start their own business, something or on the flip side, you got someone who's crushing it, absolutely smashing it in every like asset of their life. You're looking at them and they got that house, that car, like they're mm. just rolling, but they're not happy. They're disappointed. Mm. They're not happy. Mm. I know And Tony Robbins talks about that. A lot of people like hire Tony Robbins, like super successful people because they're still not happy and they have everything. Mm. Um, what would you say to that person that is right on the edge of jumping into entrepreneurship for the first time, but is scared? Hmm. It's a great question. So if you're stuck in a job that maybe you hate, it's not filling up your soul. It doesn't always mean you have to quit that job right away, but really go inwards to find what does get you excited and figure out a way to take action on whatever that is in small steps. I started my channel when I had two jobs and I had to make some short-term sacrifices to build it to a place where I feel like I could now do it for a living. And I think that is something you have to kind of accept is making sacrifices for your dream. And they don't have to be sacrifices that prevent you from living a full life. It can be sacrifices. Like for example, what are you doing on the weekends? Are you going out and partying and getting drunk and waking up late? And that is that filling you up? Is that, is that creating a life that you want? What types of sacrifices is it that you are going to make in order for you to advance on your dreams? And it can mean that you, you know, you have to stay in a job for just a short amount of time, but you set that intention. You say, okay, by this date, I'm going to be moving on from this to something that f- aligns and fulfills me more. But it really takes that going inwards, finding what it is that is so exciting to you. And then just take action on it every single day. Consistency is everything. I've learned that through YouTube as well. Like you, you that consistency is the most important thing on YouTube. Just staying consistent um, is super important. So, yeah, just if you are feeling really unaligned, finding ways to feel in your body, I think any practice that allows you to drop deeper into your body is really incredible and get out of this chaotic space in the mind that wants to control everything. And if you're feeling super lost, at one point in my life, I was really lost and I didn't know really like how to find some of that excitement. And it just takes dropping into a space, into your heart space and into your gut. And we now we know that the, the heart has so much intelligence and the gut has so much intelligence. The gut is the second brain. We now mm. know this. The gut has neurons. Know, the heart I has know. neurons. Gut, man. So it's we have so much intelligence below. the Like the brain is great for so many purposes, but we have so much intelligence in our body. So find ways to feel into that and it will, hopefully it will guide you on the right path making moves that's 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 the goal every single thing in every aspect of our lives we got to make moves and i find it so fascinating how easy it is to reach out and get connected to people mm-hmm. i find it fascinating i am always blown away at if you just throw stuff out there you stir up the pot and you just send dms on linkedin or you send a message on instagram or you send someone a postcard or whatever method of getting in touch you would be surprised at how many people want to give their opinions. They want mm. to give their advice. They want to help. I think that at our core, we want to feel valued. And one of the best ways of feeling valued is by giving to others. Mm. So I challenge everyone listening, shoot out to that CEO of that company you want to work for. You know, reach out to that, that girl or guy you might be into or, you know, do something. Just take the first step. Like stop being so in your own head. Everyone's freaking out 24-7 <laughs> about their own life. We're in this crisis. Crisis of the ego mind. Right. Your ego is not no. your amigo. No. The ego can be a tool when you understand your relationship to it and really what the ego, what the purpose of the ego is. 
But when you're running on autopilot and when the ego is taking over on autopilot, we have to find ways to break out of that mm-hmm. cycle. Amen. <laughs> Sky Cohen's. She, she's the guru. So Sky, <laughs> and, and I'm not your guru. I am not your guru. Tony Robbins documentary. It's pretty good. What's your favorite? Before that, what's your favorite documentary you've ever seen oh on Netflix? Oh my gosh! Because you're a documentary, like you watch a lot of documentaries. Oh my gosh! There's so many good ones. Okay, there's one. That's such a hard question, but off the top of my head, the one that is incredible that is really not highly produced. Like this documentary was made by clearly not like real filmmakers, but the story is incredible. And it's called May I Be Frank. And it's about a man named Frank who was really struggling with his health, like really emotionally, physically, everything. And he had these young guys who were passionate about health come in and basically help him transform his life. And it just shows, it goes to show the power of nutrition and emotional work and support. And these guys were supporting him along the way of him to break out of this toxic cycle he was stuck in. And the, the, the documentary is just, there's clearly not much production that went into it, but the story's so powerful. And that's why I loved it. Sky, how can people follow the journey on, on YouTube, your Instagram? If I want to get more Sky in my life, where do I go? Sure. Follow me on Instagram at Sky Cowens and you can shoot me a DM and I'd love to talk to you. And my YouTube channel is called Sky Life. So check it out. Sky Life. <laughs> Hashtag Sky Films Media over there meets Sky Life. Yeah. Sky. It's pretty trippy meeting you guys for the first time, to be honest. I know. So I felt like we instantly had this connection and you're like, yeah, my name is Skylar too. If I didn't have Skylar there, though, you would have been like, yo, I'm passing. I'm getting out of here. No. Definitely Uh, not. As Mm -hmm. always, Hakuna Matata. Till next time. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of Len Jones Party of Two. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to stay up to date on our new episodes. And remember, hope is not a strategy. Keep making moves. Till next time, peace.